This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. Check out their interactive workshops, events, leadership coaching blog, and more at www.kingdomatwork.com or follow them on all major social media platforms. Kingdomatwork.com. We're here in Austin, Texas at Tony Dill's international headquarters of Sidera Health. Actually, it's just a national headquarters, right, Tony? It's not international headquarters. Uh, it really is not. <laughs> it's not, but it's the intergalactic headquarters. That's what Mike Shera would have us say from C12. All right, so it's the world headquarters, the na- national headquarters for Sidera Health. We'd love for you to check Tony Dale's companies out online, Sidera.com, S-E-D-E-R-A.com. Tony Dale, we're so grateful that you host us here, hosting us here in Austin, Texas. Thank you so much for, for just being a great sponsor. Let's just, one little thing, as, as you look two months out till Christmas, Tony Dale, and you look at, at, at the state of what the Lord has done in your life this year, what, what, name the biggest blessing for you and Felicity this year as you look to celebrating Christmas two months from today. You and Felicity have been married how many years? Uh, we've been married 47 years at 47 this point. 47 years. That's just amazing. We're grateful for that legacy. What's one big blessing that God's bestowed on your marriage this year? I would hardly know where to begin. We, we've you had just pick one. so much opportunity. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, if, if I picked one, I would probably thank the Lord for our latest grandchild. Mm. Uh, uh, then I would look at what he's done in the companies and I'd say, thank you, Lord, for providing uh, us the right person to be our new CEO, which will happen in January. Uh, and so much else that I could add. The grandchildren thing, though, is a pretty cool deal. And we've got, we haven't gotten, a, been able to do a live show yet, Martha, to be able to do a shout out to Scarlett Elaine, our latest grandchild. That's exactly right. So welcome to the world, Scarlett Elaine Brangenberg. And we're leaving Austin, Texas today to head off to Jacksonville, Florida to see little Scarlett Elaine. She came a few weeks early. She wasn't on schedule. We had it all planned out. She came early. And right. this is going to be how it's going to be for the rest of her life. <laughs> That's I right. think you're in charge, baby. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Tony Dale, you, as always, are so great at highlighting what's going on in Austin, Texas. And you've invited another Austin area businessman here to join us today. Why don't you do the introduction? Uh, I'd love to do that. Um, uh, I got to know Andy uh, through uh, our mutual involvement in C12 and various friends uh, there who uh, made the introduction. Uh, but uh, it's gone much deeper than just uh, that sort of casual acquaintance uh, because uh, Andy, or I guess I should give his full name, uh, Andy Schoonover, uh, has uh, really been a blessing and help to me uh, in part of our own journey. Uh, and that journey has been uh, trying to understand what happens when a company like ours uh, goes out and uh, tries to uh, seek to raise money, uh, either through venture capital or private equity or whatever it might be. Uh, and as, as someone who's basically learned uh, by, you know, flying by the seat of my pants, uh, I, I have no background in this area. And Andy is someone who uh, the Lord is blessed and uh, has uh, private equity uh, interests, but who the Lord has actually moved uh, sideways into something else as his primary focus. Uh, and so I thought that mixture uh, would just be absolutely ideal for your audience to uh, hear some of the, the ways God can bless on a journey uh, and then surprise you in taking in co- you in completely different directions. And I'd like to correct something you just said, because you just said you fly by the seat of your pants. 
Tony Dale never does that. You're always praying about every decision that you make. You never just make any random, you know, raucous decision. You're always submitting to the Lord. So I, I, I doubt very highly that you fly by the seat of your pants when it comes to seeking out private equity or venture capital. Isn't that true, Tony? Well, I, I think that is true. And but, the Lord has led really clearly in those ways. And one of the ways he's led me is by letting me get to know Andy. Yeah, I just, I, I love your heart and I love the fact that I know you submitted to the leadership of the Lord, Tony. That's why I want to make sure we point that out. Andy Schoonover, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Good to be here. We're, Thanks for having me. We're excited to hear your story. We yeah. always ask this question of every first-time guest on the show. How did you become a follower of Jesus? Yeah, it's um, it's a, a pretty, pretty circuitous uh, a path. You know, I think that... Um, uh, I grew, grew up in a, a very um, you know strict follow the rules uh, Catholic home. Um, mom and and dad de- de- definitely believers in in, in Jesus and and uh, we're we're going to to church every Sunday. Um, I would say that we didn't didn't talk too much about about God or Jesus in in between Sundays, but they for sure kind of lived out their faith through generosity and volunteering and 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 things like that. And so we. We we definitely got to 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 know um, God through through those actions, but I would say that I would I accepted um, you know God as my creator um, when I was when I was young. Um, I hadn't quite got there to to savior yet, um, mm-hmm. and inevitably when you have that that type of of uh, view of God, things tend to to fall off a little bit as it did in my, my twenties. I, I think I, you know, was a great rule follower through, through high school and even through, uh, through, you know, um, college, um, went off to, to, to grad school and on the West coast and you are, um, kind of forced into this position of, of choosing, um, between the, the dark and the light. Um, you know, went to grad school in Silicon Valley, which is a pretty secular place and really amazing, godly, some people out there, but in general, it is a, a secular place to, mm-hmm. to hang out. And, um, I, I started seeing through that. I was like, you know, what, Andy, you've got to make a decision. Are you going to follow, follow Jesus here? Or are you going to follow the, the world secular desires, fleshly desires that are, are so kind of prominent in, in this world. Right. Um, and, and so I, the Holy spirit started stirring within me that, um, there was something more than just trying to follow a, a big career path or, or following money. Um, that finally kind of s- set into motion a series of decisions where I, I met my wife who was going to a, a really, uh, fantastic church in Cincinnati, Ohio, where I moved after but grad school. See, you met your wife in Silicon Valley, but she was from Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, there's kind of a longer story there. Um, you know, I was I was in grad school in 2006, and and back then the Silicon Valley was was flying. I don't know if anybody has uh, here has seen the Social Network. Have you seen the Social Network? The the backstory behind Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that in that uh, story, there is a a, a kind of a, a, a sub. Um, uh, piece of that that story around this house that they have in Silicon Valley, where Mark Zuckerberg and all of his buddies moved to Silicon Valley to start Facebook. Well, they found this little house in in, in Silicon Valley that they rented for the summer. That was my house. Um, so my house was in the social network. The so just small world around Silicon Valley. But anyway, that just highlights what was the craziness of of Silicon Valley out there. All my classmates were going to Google and Facebook, and I decided to do something a little bit different, where I I started something 
something called a search fund, which is um, raising a little bit of money to go out and find a company to buy, and then going back to those investors to get the rest of the equity to uh, to, to buy that company. So it's been done a couple hundred times um, over the last 20 years. So we, we found a little company in, of all places, Dayton, Ohio. Um, so all of my investors are like, if you're going to move from Silicon Valley to Dayton, Ohio, this must be a pretty darn good company because they're you know <laughs> very different. Fortunately, I'm from the Midwest. And so I, I love the Midwest. I love you know the people in the Midwest. So it was a, a lot of fun. But that's how I met my wife was when I moved to, to, to Dayton, which is just outside of Cincinnati. Um, uh, met her and she was going to an amazing church there called Crossroads, um, big growing church, um, which is a per- the perfect kind of church for me as, as someone who knew that there was a God, but didn't really know him as, as a father who loved me, who cared for me, who pursued me. And so I got involved in, in Crossroads and it was during that time that I really accepted uh, Jesus as my savior, as, a, as opposed to just a creator. Um, and so it was just a, a really kind of beautiful thing where um, I was sitting in the, in the uh, seat one day and, and uh, the, the pastor said, I, I believe that there are some folks here who really want to accept Jesus into their heart. Um, we, we didn't really plan for any baptisms today, but um, today is the day where I know there are some folks out there. And so I got baptized when I was two or three months old, but I hadn't gotten baptized as a real, a real believer in, in right. Christ. And so my, uh, my wife to, to be, and I looked at each other and just started crying. And so I went up there and kind of got baptized on the spot and it was, it was awesome. So when we come back the rest of the story with Andy Schoonover and really where the Lord's got him today, you're listening to I work rooms. We broadcast from, we are in Austin, Texas, the last day of our road trip as we start to head east from here and go meet that new grandbaby, Scarlett Elaine Brangenberg. That's right. So we are here at the headquarters for both Sidera Health and also um, Karis, the Karis Group. And um, it's fun to whenever Tony Dale introduces us to a new friend that he that is doing something here in Austin that we want our listeners to hear about and be encouraged by and inspired to just really think about in terms of their life, you know, what what the path that God has taken you on, Andy, and now, you know, how our listeners can maybe be inspired to say, okay, what, what questions am I not asking? What is it that God wants from me? Andy Schoonover, you were talking about how the day that you gave your life to Christ, surrendered your life to Christ, but you know, you, you were mentioned that you moved to Dayton, Ohio to run a company, mm-hmm. uh, a company that you found, and then you got private, you know, equity and venture or equity money to get in there. Mm-hmm. Talk about that tumultuous twenties that time in your faith, what was going on in your work life during that time? Yeah, sure. So we, um, we, we, I was 28 and we found this, this company in Dayton and it was actually a, um, a medical alert company. So I'm sure most of you have seen the, I've fallen and I can't, I've fallen, get, I can't uh, get up. Yeah, right. So this was a, a competitor that to that company. Okay. Um, so we, we joined this, this company back in 2007 and, uh, basically transitioned that company from my fallen and I can't get up company to a, more of a remote patient monitoring company. So we are monitoring, started monitoring activity within the home. So if you fell, um, instead of having to press that button, there was a that device was changed to automatically know that you fell, um, hmm. which was, was pretty important. Um, we also started using that device to start measuring blood pressure and blood sugars and weight and things like that for folks with chronic conditions. So the Aetnas and the Humana 
Moderna's of the world were trying to take better care of their their folks with diabetes and congestive heart failure mm-hmm. and hypertension, super costly, um, you know, clients of theirs, and so right. they 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 allowed us to help them. Um, if your blood pressure spiked, we would know it um, because we had these devices in your home that would go up into the cloud. We'd have a call center of nurses who would watch that, and we'd say, "Hey, Jim, hey, hey, Tony, um, I saw that your your blood pressure is up today, or your your blood sugars are up today. Let's talk about that." Um, and so we would keep those people out of the, the hospital by being really engaged wow. in their, their daily lives. So we transitioned it from a medical alert company to a remote patient monitoring company, um, grew the company tenfold in six years, just an amazing um, thing. And as I, uh, the farther I get away from that, the more I look back at it and say, my, my, my Lord, were you involved in every little piece <laughs> of that um, journey? Because we were you know, guys in their mid-20s who were just trying to figure out how to run a, run a company and messed up left and right. And it was just clearly that the Lord had favor on us, which was a pretty cool thing. There's a lot of danger, though, in those startups. And really, you were taking a company, you were reorganizing, you were taking it, you were vaulting it into popularity. There's a lot of danger, mm. though, in, in the working and how it can impact the relationships around us. How did how did that impact your relationship with your wife? Yeah. So, you know, my, my uh, she's still my, you know, a girlfriend to going transition to wife to be transition to wife. But, you know, back in those days, she was the girlfriend and I was putting, um, you know, 150 to 200,000 miles of air plane time. Um, and you know, it was, it was hard and we mm-hmm. could be totally, totally candid. We broke up four or five times and, and by the grace of God, she accepted me back and I was, you know, doing some things. And while I had, um, you know, accepted Jesus as my savior, I wasn't always living that way. Um, and so there were some, some points of time during that relationship where I was doing some things I shouldn't have been doing. And, and again, by just by the grace of, of God and, and, and her giving me a lot of grace, she continued to, to, uh, accept me back, continued to pursue me. It's just, you know, I've, I've, I've seen, um, you know, the Lord pursue me, even though I've continued to, to fail him over and over and over and over again. And there's a, many times I feel like a lot of us ask, you know, man, Lord, we, we've, we've really messed this up. Why are you continuing to pursue me? And so how beautiful a thing it is during some of our lowest times that he pursues us. And I've seen that in my wife too, who just allowed me to, to continue to, or she continued to give me a lot of, of grace and that, uh, in that relationship. And now kind of Again, looking back and some of the things that have happened, at, you know, through our relationship, it's just amazing the way that the the Lord works through that. Um, you know, my my path would have been totally, totally different if I hadn't have met my my wife Steph and and uh, started having having babies and and things like that. So um, it's been just such a blessing. So you know, everybody dreams of building their own company, selling it, making a yeah. ton of money. But it's not always what it's cracked up to be. I mean, there's a lot of rich people out there, but they don't seem very happy. They're not. I mean, it's one of those things where you almost define yourself um, by, you know, your bank account, you know, as a, as a, or the car you drive or the car you drive. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and, um, did you have a cool car during that time? I did have a very cool car. I did have a very cool car and I, and, um, you know, I, I definitely kind of fell into that. Let's, let's buy a cool car and a nice house and, and some things like that. And you, you, you find through that, that, you know, that, that's just not fulfilling. You just, you just don't get a lot of fulfillment through, I know you want your, what, T-Bird or something like that. Firebird. No, no, Firebird. T-Bird. So, sorry, Firebird. Firebird, excuse me. She wants me. a Trans Am. She's, um, always, she's always lost it after Trans <laughs> You know, and it's one of those things that you look at it from afar, but as you kind of get closer to it, then you say, man, there's just, 
this is such a temporary, temporary high that I'm not sure why I was living for this. And so, you know, the day that I got, um, you know, a, a very big chunk of money placed into my bank account after we sold our company was not nearly as exciting as I thought it was going to be. You know, I, I looked at that and I said, wow, that's, that was a lot of work to get to this place. And I don't feel any more fulfilled today after getting that big chunk than I did, you know, anywhere through the journey, you know, and it's a little, little bit of that, uh, you know, as, as men probably trying to, to chase down the lion, right. Um, you know, one, one, That's right. The, the chase of the lion sometimes is much more than the actual, um, you know, killing of the lion. And so for me, I've, I have really kind of learned through this and, and other things that, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't chase, chase things for the wrong reasons anymore, or at least I try not to. I, I clearly I've, 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 uh, we're all broken human beings, but, um, I'm, I'm much more aware and cognizant of the fact that, that, that end game, um, that big vacation, that nice car, that next new house, mm-hmm. um, is, is a lot more exciting now than it is when I actually have it. So have definitely learned that through, through the, through the process. And I wish I could, you know, rewind, you know, a few <laughs> years and not make some of those stupid, costly, expe- you know, expensive, uh, mistakes, but, um, you know, you learn through, through some of that pain, right? Yes. Um, so. You know, so that's one of the things, that's why we bring on people to sh- share their story with our listeners so that our listeners can hear it and, and hear the reality behind mm-hmm. it. And the, you know, maybe take that step back and say, here's where I am in my life. And is there some things that I can maybe avoid or learn differently by other people's sure. experiences? So you find yourself at the end of growing that company, selling that company, having a check in the bank. How did you decide? Concern, what was next for you? Yeah, so um, you know, I, I wish it would have been a result of of, of more more prayer and less gut. But um, you know, we were in uh, it was 2014 when we sold the company. My wife and I um, at the my we had got newly newly married. Um, you know, had a had a great wedding in Pebble Beach. I loved to golf. You know, just just live in life and wow. said, okay, where where uh, where do we want to live next? Where's the next fun place to uh, to live life in Austin, Texas? I mean, it's a pretty pretty fun place to to to, to live, right? Um, well, compared to Dayton, probably compared to Dayton. Um, no no offense to to Dayton out there for folks who are well, listening. People are nice, but, but it snows there. It doesn't yeah, snow here exactly, very often. Exactly. Well, you know, we made the decision in February, and it, this was during the, <laughs> the the polar vortex of 2014, when oh. it was like negative 15 degrees, and you could literally you know throw up a glass of water, and it would be snow by the time it yes. hit the ground. So we were like, we are going to go somewhere warm. Um, and I thought I was going to do something entrepreneurial again um, in my next venture. And so um, warm, entrepreneurial Austin seemed like a, a good place to go. And, and so we moved down here in, in the summer of uh, 2014. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, we, we thought we were going to just take off, you know, a few months and, and enjoy life a little bit. And, um, you know, but the Lord had different plans. <laughs> he always has different plans for us. And so let's hear that story. As you guys moved to Austin, Texas, you're just coming off a big high, yet I'm sure it's a, it's a low too because you had to say goodbye to all those employees, all those people that were mm-hmm. working for you, your partners, the guys that you had had blood, sweat, and tears with in order to get the company to that spot. Um, do you still maintain some of those relationships? Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I, there are um, a number of folks within the company who, you know, I, I, who are believers who um, that you know they they've kind of heard our story over the last mm-hmm. few years and have, have reached out and I've reached out to them and so we are very very close. Um, so yeah, for sure, have kept some of those relationships. They're they're so, uh, they're gold. So it's safe to say that the the that your the de- 
the device company that you sold wasn't a kingdom company because that's not it was what not a kingdom company. I had very much back in those days siloed my faith and my work, and to the, to the extent that we you know treat people with respect and love people, and just those biblical principles for sure, those were just a part of who I was at the mm-hmm. at the time. But there was no um, kind of desire to 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 make the company that I was running a kingdom based you know, building it for the kingdom. I always thought that the, the output of this king, this, this, this company was going to be a lot of money in which then I could go and do some kingdom, kingdom related, related things. Sure. So we come back the rest of the story and what leads Andy and his wife, Steph to start Austin life care. I can't wait for you to hear the rest of the story. Do not go away as Martha and I broadcast you live from Austin, Texas, courtesy of Tony Dale and his two companies, Sidera health and the Caris group love for you to check them out online. Let's just say that you are trying to consider, Hey, what we've got to find a different solution for our company, for our organization. Health insurance just seems like it's going up and up and up. What about corporate health care sharing? What does that look like? How does that work? Well, you just need to ask questions. S-E-D-E-R-A.com, Sidera Health. Check it out online, Sidera.com. All right, we're talking today with Andy Schoonover, and he's telling his story. And Tony Dale, you wanted us to make sure that we talked to Andy when we were here in Austin, Texas. Tony Dale, what was it about Andy's story that you wanted to make sure we pulled out today? Well, I love the fact that as a relatively young man, uh, the Lord allowed him to come into significant wealth uh, and that as a young man with all the temptations that, you know, all of us live with, uh, he found a way to navigate that and to actually uh, commit his life into a a life of giving and service. Mm. And that just seemed really important. Andy, so you and your wife, Steph, you moved to Austin, Texas, 2014, 2014. Yeah. All right. Life was just perfect and simple after that then, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. So what, what really yeah. happened? Um, for no, a day. So we, uh, for, <laughs> for exactly, for a, for a day. Um, so we, we got here. Uh, my wife uh, got pregnant almost right away. And so we were, we were overjoyed with, uh, you know, being, being parents. That was just something that we'd always look, at, look forward to. So she, uh, she came in with that, that little, you know, pregnancy test and said, I'm, I'm pregnant. And we all just cried. It was just a, you know, just a fun, fun moment. Um, and it's one of those things that you kind of look back and you're like, wow, like how things change. So at our 12 week ultrasound, which is the, the ultrasound in which you typically see your, your baby for the first time, mm-hmm. um, we, we got there, um, you know, we looked, looked at our, our baby who had, you know, 10 fingers and 10 toes and was twirling around and we were calling her our little ballerina and these are the, the sonographer was saying, I've never seen a baby move this much ever. And I was like, that's great. You know, I'm gonna have an athletic little, little girl. Um, and then she, she left and, and the, the doctor came in and for us, that was just kind of normal, normal course. Cause this was our, our mm-hmm. first, first little one. And the doctor basically said, your your baby has a a terminal illness, um, not viable with life. Um, she probably won't make it, to, you know, to term. And if she's she probably going to be stillborn, and if she makes it to term, she's not going to make it through the birth canal, given her her condition. And if she makes it through the birth canal, she's going to take a couple breaths and pass away. And so, I would recommend terminating the pregnancy and trying again. And you can know, you can try again in the next two or three months, and you shouldn't have any problems. And and for us, it wasn't even a, a conversation between Steph and I. We, we, we were trying to get you to do an abortion. Let's just let's just use yeah, the word. Yeah, to be, to be straight up, they, they use termination. There's a lot of other words. They 
you know, the um, inducing early is something that they're now using, which which is uh, much more benign than than abortion, that that mm. politically charged word, right? And so they want us to have an abortion in between eighty and ninety percent of the babies with with my daughter's condition um, do they they are terminated. Um, so we, um, I was, I was uh, visibly angry at the at the doctor, and I was like, "We are done. We are out of here." Um, so uh, my wife and I again just didn't even talk about it. We knew we were going to carry carry this baby who we named Grace. Um, you know, we looked at that, and that's that's life. That's life to us, and we're gonna we're gonna give Grace life in what, whatever way that God intends that that life to to look. And so um, we, she did make it to term. She lived for ten and a half hours before she. She she passed away, and it was um, you know we we consider her an absolute blessing. We consider her a part of our family, and she has absolutely changed our lives, and has changed dozens, if not hundreds, of other mm. people's lives through hearing hearing her story. So we've we've had people who uh, who literally had a, a, an appointment at Planned Parenthood cancel their appointment after hearing our story, and said, "If you guys can go through that, then I can give this baby life." So, um, what was the condition? It's called anencephaly. It's a it's a neural tube defect, which is basically your spinal your your spinal cord is a flat base of cells, and at the 18th day, it comes together and zips up. Um, and if it doesn't zip up, kind of at the top, it's called anencephaly, which means that the the baby is born without the the cap of the skull, and so mm-hmm. the the brain is formed, but the amniotic fluid basically will eat away at the the brain because it's it's um, you know, just it's it has access to the sure. to the brain, um, and so that's that's the condition that um, that that she had. So zero zero chance of survival. Um, no babies have ever survived it past mm-hmm. you know a few few weeks, and most most of them you know pass away in utero. So what to the extent that you're comfortable? What what was that period after losing Grace? After you got to hold her for ten and a half hours, but. After knowing that you're not going to spend her, her life with you, what 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 did that what was that period like? What, where did the Lord lead you? Yeah, if I could back up a little bit, you know, a lot of people sure. are asking, you know, you you went six months in mm-hmm. pregnancy knowing that you're going to lose this baby, and so one of the things that we really tried to do was just live life with her as if she was with us outside of utero. So we took her to Hawaii with us and Spain, and we went and to, to the park and tried to play, and and my, you know, I. You know, press on her feet, and she'd press back, and so we were trying to, you know, live as normal a life as we could, knowing that our our little one was gonna was gonna pass away. And then, you know, the the day of when we thought that she was gonna take a couple breaths and pass away, you know, we lived we we were able to spend ten and a half hours with her, and it was probably the most um, spirit filled or comforting ten and a half hours that we've ever had, which is kind of an odd thing because you see your your daughter dying in, in my, mm-hmm. my wife's arms, but it was just, you felt just the comfort of, of the Lord around us. I mean, there's just no other way to kind of explain it, except that we were just very comforted during that, during that, that period. So you said that the, your story has affected a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, how were you, how have you been able to walk that out with other people? Just, um, you yeah. know, in the midst of what they're going through. And my other part of that question is, is did you have people walking through it with you? Yeah. So so um so the first part of that question is um there was there was really no no one to walk through it with us because we just didn't know anybody yeah. who had kind of walked walked through it and and um 
And that led my wife afterwards to say, hey, we need to get a network of people that have walked through this so that women have support Mm -hmm. and that doctors have support because doctors don't know how to deal with this either. They're just taught in medical school to say terminate and try again. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, well, we can't change the law. So terminate is always going to be an option. But let's say, hey, hey, terminate or carry. Right. And if you want to carry, then here's a really great resource for you if you want to carry. And my wife started a nonprofit called Caring dot org. Um, and it's been carrying to carrying term, to term dot org. Yeah. All right. So check that out. It's very, very cool. She's got between five and ten thousand doctors and women per month hitting her website. Um, and so it's just been a, a super cool blessing for thousands of women out there who are who are going through this so um, carrying to term.org you got it all right i just want to make sure that we've highlighted that and that's and that's a resource for both the the parents carrying Mm -hmm. the child but also for the medical for the medical community they're trying really hard to change that that conversation within within that that ultrasound room which is basically where it where it takes and and instead of just saying terminate say terminate or carry and here's what carrying looks like there's actually a study out by duke university which is you know not the most faith-based university in the planet right a pretty secular university right and Mm -hmm. and they've actually done a study of parents who carry the term versus terminate and the psychological outcomes Mm. of that and the the through every metric that they that they measured the the psychological outcomes of of carrying are significantly better than terminating so um you know we're using that study and and doctors like like tony love you know outcomes and measurements and things like that and so we're we're presenting that to them and saying hey give your patient an opportunity to carry that's all we're asking give them an opportunity and here's a resource so um my my wife has gotten you know working with hospitals and doctors in i think 25 or 28 states now um canada um so she's doing just amazing amazing work um you know, we all know that Romans eight twenty eight says God works all things mm-hmm. together for good. How did God take your experience with young grace? How did God work that for good? Yeah, let me say just two things. One is, man, my, my conviction that the, the the Lord is a loving father, a good, good father, has just been multiplied since since this. And, you know, that, that sounds to someone who doesn't have faith is kind of a, a, a Looney Tune type of thing to say. It was like, wait a second, you, you lost your daughter, you know. God allowed this to happen at a minimum, right? Um, so how can you say that you've, your relationship with the Lord has gotten gotten greater as a result of this? And that's just one of the beautiful things of the, you know Romans eight twenty eight and having having faith in that. Um, so there's two specific examples. Um, you know we. We lived our ten and a half hours with with Grace. We went home, which is the, one of the hardest things in the world, is to hand your daughter over for the last time mm-hmm. and not being able to see her. But you know, the, the enemy gets into your head and says things like, "Oh, did you spend that ten and a half hours the way that you should, should have spent them? Did you love her well enough?" Mm-hmm. That was the big question. Did you love her well enough? Mm-hmm. And so um, that night we uh, we went to bed and we were you know crying over this. Mm-hmm. And I had a dream where I was Grace looking up at me and Steph and just being filled with flooded with this love that I've never, ever experienced before. And Mm -hmm. for us, that was just the Lord saying, yes, you did love her and I love you and I will carry you through this. I'm not going to give you anything that you can't, you can't get through. Right. And so it's just a, a beautiful, um, way that the Lord touched us in that way. And then the second time was we had this silly pastor tell us that, uh, uh, she didn't know if grace was in heaven. 
So pastors out there, if you're listening, don't tell a parent who's just lost a child that you don't know if they're there. There's no biblical, you know, reference for babies being in heaven. And so we were pretty upset by that, as you can imagine. Well, my that night, my uh, my wife had another dream uh, where it was a two way window where, you know, she was looking through the non reflective side and grace was looking through the reflective side. And she was just this beautiful teenager sitting in a, a prairie of, of flowers. And for us, it was that way of the Lord saying, yes, she is here and mm. she's beautiful and she's healed and she's with me. So just a, just a very cool way of, of the Lord continuing to touch us and comfort us. Um, in a really difficult time, as you can imagine, you, you, uh, we're newly married. We're in a new city. We have no community, really no faith based community. And, uh, we are living through the loss of our daughter, which may be one of the most difficult things that anybody has to, has to deal with. Um, and so there was the, the enemy was, was, uh, was there, was present, was knocking on the door. It felt like every single day and without our faith, I think we'd, we'd probably be divorced today, but my wife and I are, are that much closer as a result of kind of getting down to that lowest low and coming back up and, and, uh, and just, you know, seeing the, the, the fruit of living, through some really difficult times and now being very unified as a, as a family. Mm. So today we're hearing from Andy Schoonover about the story of he and his wife, Steph. So Andy, you've just shared um, about the journey that you guys went on in, in choosing to not terminate a pregnancy that was known to not um, have a long life. And this sweet little life of grace that you got to experience with her. God has used that in a, in a new chapter for you mm-hmm. and your wife. Tell us about that. Yeah. So as we were kind of coming out of a year of, of pretty, pretty deep, deep grief, we were continuing to ask, how are you going to, how are you going to work this for, for good? And and for me, it was, I had run a, a, a healthcare technology company. I assumed that, you know, the Lord wanted me to, to take those leadership skills and do it again and hopefully make a bunch of money and give it to organizations that you know, were pro-life, life-affirming types of organizations, and um, went around Austin and and uh, had a had a bunch of interviews and got some job offers, and I just kept hearing the the spirit being like, nope, 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 not for you, nope. Mm. Um, we had uh, the Lord blessed us with another daughter, Ava, um, at this point. And, uh, I was going through some of these interviews and I had gotten a job that was going to require me to fly all over the country. And, uh, and Ava was a newborn. So I was out doing things for the second night in a row, um, and missed her, her, uh, her bedtime for the second night of the row. And I just remember driving home, just bawling. And it was just one of those things that is, you know, for most people, it's not that big of a deal. You, you missed your, your daughter for a second night in a row. But for me, it was, I heard the Lord pretty clearly. Like, I want you to be dad. I want you to be dad first. Um, you know, I want you to be my son first, then dad to these kids who I've, who I've lent to you for a period of time right. to, uh, to be, to be a really good dad and not be all over the, the country. Um, so I was listening to a, a podcast by Andy Stanley at the beginning of last year. And it was kind of this, you know, forget about new year's resolutions. Cause we all forget them by January 7th. Anyway. Um, I want you to, to go and do something. What, what, what breaks your heart is what he asked. And for me, immediately, that a million babies lose their lives every year to to abortion was the one that um, that just broke my heart. I've actually been going to the March for Life in D.C. since I was nine, so that was something mm. that my my a seed that my 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 mom and dad planted when I was young, and so I've been going to those you know over the last thirty years. And so mm. and then he said, so Andy Stanley, he followed up by that, so go do something about it. I'm like, okay, fine, I'm going to go do something about it. I'm still not sure what, but I will. Um, well, literally the next day, a uh, a board member of Austin Life Care, which is a pregnancy resource center here in Austin, emailed me and uh, said, "Hey, I, I I 
I had met him through another cool God story, but he said, Hey, I, I know that you're looking for a gig. Or would you all be interested in being the executive director of, of Austin Life Care? I'm like, Lord, really? You want me to be a, the executive director of a nonprofit pregnancy resource center? Like, I'm a guy. I, I, you know, I don't, what do I know about pregnancy resource centers? I, you want me to run a company, right? Like, that's what I should be doing. I should be running a big company. And it was pretty clear that's not what he wanted me to be, what he be doing. And so I was just obedient in that. And, and uh, here I am a year and a half later running a uh, pregnancy center in, in Austin. And it's been just uh, an amazing, super fulfilling, um, wouldn't do anything else kind of kind of job. So it's it was one of those blessings that took me a while to understand that it was a blessing. But uh, it was just being obedient when you hear clearly. Um, and so it's a lot of, a lot of been a lot of fun. So give a shout out to Austin life care and tell us what, what's going on there and sure. how the Lord's using it. Yeah. So Austin life care is a pregnancy center here in, in town. What we do is we help women with unplanned pregnancies, break down some of the barriers that keep them from caring. We really want them to have their babies as opposed to going to an abortion provider and getting an abortion. So whether it be um, they don't, they're out of work or they're not sure how they're going to take care of their baby when they monetarily or through daycare or what, you know, even diapers or food or whatever it may mm-hmm. be, we try to break down those barriers that they would consider giving, giving birth to that baby. And then we support them for the first three years after birth. Um, the last thing that we we want to happen is for them to give birth and then that baby end up in in you know uh, you know some some other state based care right some foster care or whatever sure. we really want that that family to be 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 a whole holistic family and we also you know introduced uh, gospel based principles into that into that family as well and hopefully that they accept Jesus into their lives um, and so it's just been a really fun thing you know last year. Or actually, the year before I got there, we had saved. Um, we had we had twelve women who decided to to give um, give their babies uh, life, and this year we'll probably do one hundred and fifty. Um, so over a thousand percent change um, over the last year. Just given that we're we're changing some things up, we're doing some things a little bit differently that uh, that pregnancy centers really haven't thought about doing in the past, and really trying to take some business based principles and instilling them in into to the nonprofit environment, which is just very very needed. Um, so it's been so, a lot of fun. So tell us about that. I mean, you, that you, having come I, from a business before, background, before you do that, though, I, okay, because I, 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 I want to hear about because I know it's a big difference between running a nonprofit oh, and a for profit, yeah. but how are you fighting the message? The media is such a proponent of Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. and the nonsense that goes on there, the lies that have been perpetuated by, by Planned Parenthood. How do you fight that so that the truth gets out? about? Because when usually when a woman finds out that it really is life inside of them, it's a paradigm shift for them. It is. But in, in, in Texas, you guys have a law about don't, don't people have to get an ultrasound before they, they- do. So talk about that. How do you, how are you fighting the nonsense that's gone on for the last forty five years? Yeah, and so I think you know that the ultrasound, excuse me, is a big one. I mean, once they once they see that ultrasound, there is a a significant number of of women who who will see that, will see a heartbeat, and will say, "Wow, this is not just a clump of cells." I mean, this is clearly not a clump of cells, and so they decide to to, to give life to their baby then. But I think ex- outside of the clinic, you know, it's a really hard thing because we are one clinic on Anderson Lane in Austin, Texas, and it's so it's it's, it's very very difficult to have an impact on kind of the the larger conversation. 
conversation, but I would say um, we are working on it. I wish I could say more. There are some really cool things going on. And I, I again, I see the Lord's building some skills in my my for-profit experience that are now being very, very applicable in the the nonprofit experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that uh, pregnancy centers aren't very good at working together. They all work within their little little empires. Unfortunately, um, there is a an effort. A, 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 currently going on that says, Hey, let's work together. Let's, mm-hmm. let's build something bigger than just one clinic in Austin. Um, let's also build some technology so that we can meet women where they are, which is online. So, uh, mm-hmm. there's a stat out there. 73% of millennials want their healthcare to be done online as opposed to actually going and seeing the doctors. And so we're building some technology that allows us to engage those, those women and those families online. Um, as opposed to having them come to our office and get an ultrasound, you know, we're, we're in an Uber, you know, generation, right? Where everybody wants things super, super convenient. And so we're yeah. trying to make our services more digitized, which I think is going to have a really big impact on the way that, uh, you're going to get like a mobile ultrasound machine or what? Yeah. So think about this, right? If, if you're going to go and if you find that you're pregnant and it's unplanned, you're going to go online, you're going to try to figure out how to solve it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be that first place where you click on that link You'll be able to have a, a video chat with one of our counselors sitting in our office at 24 hours, seven days a week. We're going to triage that situation and say, hey, slow down. You know, before you go to Planned Parenthood, let's at least just make sure that you have a viable pregnancy. Because if you don't have a viable pregnancy, if it's a topic, if you have a miscarriage, whatever it may be, you don't have to spend the $700 to get an abortion. And you don't have to have that burden with you for the rest of your life of right. saying, I had an abortion. So let us bring an ultrasound, mobile ultrasound to you. We can do it in the Walmart parking lot or the church parking lot or the bank parking lot or wherever. You can see that ultrasound and then you can make a decision, right? And so we we are breaking down the barriers of their home to mm-hmm. our office or any other pregnancy center's office by putting some technology in the in the middle, which I think is going to be super impactful to getting in front of a lot of those women. So uh, Planned Parenthood is doing it. They just announced that they're going to have 12 call centers of, of video chat you know, enabled, um, uh, call centers throughout the country. And so we've got to, to, to catch up to them technology wise. Right. Um, and so we've been able to, 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 to be, do that, um, which has been a lot of fun. So you're running a nonprofit versus a for-profit yet you, you're involved in a local organization that helps mentor and encourage you in your leadership role. Mm-hmm. What's the name of that organization? C12. How has C12 really quickly, how has C12 I mean, impacted yeah. how you run Austin Life Care? Uh, it's, it's been an amazing. I think it's you know really focused on what matters. What are the levers that are going to impact the, the the performance of the business, and then how do you how do you measure that performance? So I first month or actually first day I walked in, I said, okay, so how many people did we see last month? How many of those were uh, you know abortion minded women? And people looked at me and were like, what? what 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 are you talking about? You actually want numbers like numbers and at least nonprofit from what I've seen just don't you know, come together very often, sure. at least, at least when they're smaller and, and still feel a little bit mom and pop. So I, I brought m- numbers and metrics and really have figured out what levers the pull to, to make sure that we're seeing more women and getting those women, the services they need mm-hmm. to, they'll, they'll consider carrying. What's the website for Austin Life Care? AustinLifeCare.com. 
austinlifecare.com. Andy Schoonover, thank you for sharing your story today. Thank you. Thanks for talking all about where Austin Life Care came from. Thanks for just being transparent with the journey that you and Steph went through. Uh, we're grateful, and we want to make sure that if you want to know more about carrying your baby to term, carryingtoterm.org and austinlifecare.com. Thank you, Andy Schoonover. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Tony Dale, for hosting us here in Austin, Texas. It's a pleasure. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him. 